everyone and welcome to podcast unlocked episode 46 this is ign's best and only xbox 360 centric podcast i am your host stephen hopper the head of ign's xbox channel wow what was that i almost forgot you were wondering what channel it was i was Wait what channel minute. am i the host of wonder hmm. <laughs> um and joining me today are locksmith peter eichmann what is up and our brand spanking new associate editor of IGN Xbox, Mr. Mitch Dyer. Hi! He's shiny. Hey, fellas. He's so new, he's shiny. He's no, that's from just the... me being really pale. <laughs> and he has that new editor smell. Same he's thing. He's from the, from the great white north. <laughs> the Arctic Circle. Tell us, how is mm-hmm. that? Cold. How are the polar bears? Rideable. Yeah? Yeah. That's good to know. That's good to know, because I'm going there. Good. Like, tomorrow. Was the film Nanook of the North based on your grandparents? <laughs> I don't know what that means. I so yes <laughs> yes basically that's your answer well welcome aboard mitch Hi. Uh, welcome to the team and welcome to podcast unlocked yeah somebody tweeted something at me about how we should get a canadian editor on the podcast just so we can have an hour-long program on the cbc oh that was me that was you yeah 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 <laughs> what? we can talk about peter mansbridge's ties oh he yes, rotates please. them every wait, night wait you tweeted that at me no no, <laughs> I didn't know if there was some kind of joke that somebody knew you we were coming. I was like, "Oh, you just wait. Oh, you just wait till tomorrow." No, no, this happened. This is legit. Yeah, I got this, this yesterday. Some right. red green on there too. So, sir, on Twitter, you're welcome. Indeed, this is for you, guy. You and you alone. <laughs> I uh, am so, Mitch, our uh, gift to you. <laughs> tell us about yourself, Mr. Gift. Um. <laughs> oh man, now it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, just uh, tell us a little bit about you know your your history with gaming. And... Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I for the job, I was just I was freelance writing for a while, uh, mm-hmm. and then I was brought on board at IGN, and I moved from Canada, drove down from Calgary, Alberta. It was like thirteen hundred miles or something silly that yeah. I drove, and now I'm here. Cool. For anyone just tuning in, uh, to give you some perspective, Mitch is the one who wrote the Call of Duty's boring Yeah, article. I'm that guy. Absolutely. I'm yeah. that fanboy idiot. So we you brought him on board. If you've been paying attention to IGN.com, you would have seen a bunch of his writing over the last few months. He's actually been <clears> with <throat> us for much longer than he has in person, but so he's finally, finally joined us stateside, to yeah. mainly just to be on the podcast. Some of you might also know Mitch over the fall from his uh, great reviews. Uh, he wrote about some just amazing games like Blackwater <laughs> uh-huh. and Real Steel. And Self-Defense Training Camp. Self-Defense Training Game of Camp. the Year. And somehow we didn't get him to quit with us. <laughs> yeah. Somehow. Yeah. That, that was his hazing. <laughs> yeah, seriously. We, we put him through the ropes. This is my intern period. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, guys. Well, on this podcast, we're going to talk about Alan Wake's American Nightmare. Oh, we just did a... Uh, here so soon. Yeah, so so soon. Coming up on it. And uh, Nexuiz. Yeah, Nexorosis is, uh, yeah, Pete's going to talk about that. He's been spending some time with it. And uh, Mitch went up and played Prototype 2 quite a bit. He's going to give us some impressions on that. And the Mass Effect 3 demo went live earlier this week, and we're going to talk about that one. But first up, let's talk about Alan Wake. So, Pete, um, you were on the live stream yes, with myself. Yes, after our technical problems. Yeah, what the what the crap? That, if it, for anyone watching at home, I imagine that must have been hilarious because Steve and Damon were talking there, and then I kept like dipping <laughs> off camera to like reset our debug unit and get the thing running. Pete had technical issues. We I had, had to reset it several times. It's true. I'm a cyborg. What? It's true. Uh, yeah. So now we played a decent amount. I mean, you've 
finish the thing, but you can't yeah. talk about it yet. Not yet. Um, I've played. How does it end? <laughs> Let's just cut to the chase. Masterfully. Save just you tell all, me what I really want to know. Save you all a few hours. <laughs> so I've played uh, probably the most of Fight Till Dawn, the survival mode. Mm -hmm. As you, if you were tuned in yesterday, as I did yesterday, though I did not survive Till Dawn in the final round. It was close. <sighs> You're a disappointment to us all, Peter. You were within a minute, dude. I disappointed oh. the internet. It was. It was under a minute. I just got overwhelmed at the end. But I'm, I'm having a lot of fun with that. And I think as we brought up on the live stream, it's like, to really get a high score, you have to fight as fast as you can, in mm -hmm. addition to fighting as not dying as you can, if that makes sense. Yeah. Absolutely. That is very clear English I just used in those words yeah, yeah. that came out of my mouth. <laughs> those were English sentences, indeed. Because what you can do is you can get a wave of enemies down to one guy, and then just run around the map getting ammo and making sure you feel safe until you kill him, mm -hmm. but you're wasting precious time. You could be racking up more points. Yeah. So I really like the mode. Um, I mean, it's one player only, but it's really sh kind of showcases that new action angle that Alan Wake has going for it. Yeah, and that's kind of one of the things that I was most surprised about when I started playing the game was just how well the Alan Wake mechanics work in an action game. I mean, there was there was a definite amount of action in the original game. Yeah. Um, you did take on a lot of Taken. Um, but it didn't really feel like an action game. It was kind of, it was definitely more in that survival horror game. Yeah. Whereas American Nightmare is very much an action game. But those same mechanics of like using your flashlight and, you know, dodging your enemies quickly while they're attacking you with like, you know, axes and shit like that. Yeah. Um, it really translates well. I mean, it's a very fast-paced action game. It's a lot of fun in mm -hmm. that regard. I think part of it, too, is that the arsenal now is more powerful. Yeah. So you have these, like, combat shotguns and assault rifles. Yep. And, well, the nail gun's not that powerful. It's just kind of cool. Yeah, it's a cool but thing. But then there's, have. like, the crossbow, which we demonstrated. You can actually kill a Taken before using shining the light on them to remove the, you know, the cloud surrounding them. That's not yeah. how the rules work in Alan Wake. <laughs> I know. That's not how it goes Breaking the rules. Don't they know... Of video games? <laughs> Don't they know what they built themselves? Hey guys, here's the video game. Learn. But, yeah, I don't know. It's looking good. I'm curious to play the whole uh, campaign, I guess it were, myself, uh -huh. when it comes out next week. And I know your review's coming up super soon. Yep, it'll be out Friday morning. Oh, so man. tune in, get ready for that, guys. Have you played it at all, Mitch? No, yeah? not, even, no? not even once. You played the original, though. Oh, yeah. Three times. Did you get mm -hmm. all the thermoses? No. Oh, no. <laughs> you can't believe how much I don't care about collectibles in video games. <laughs> um, you'll do fine in American Nightmare, but in order to get the uh, cooler guns, I guess, like the combat shotgun yeah. and the assault rifle, you do need to grab manuscript pages, but they're super easy to find. Yeah, but those are cool because they have yeah. the story elements tied to them. Right, so right. So there's, there's actual worth to those as opposed to, oh, I've got a 300 coffee canisters in my backpack. <laughs> yes. I, I collected all the coffee thermoses. Nerd. I don't know why. I don't know what propelled me to do that. I don't know either. You just love coffee. I really do like coffee. I think You're a coffee fiend. I think it was a, a Pete-themed collectible, and I was like, <laughs> I'm just going to do this. I love, I love some coffee. <laughs> this game was made for me. This one's just for Pete, guys. That's what Remedy <laughs> or, said. Or it reminded me of growing up in the woods in the Pacific Northwest. Oh, So I just felt coffee. like my life. That coffee and the trees, you know, I just felt at home. <laughs> he felt the, at the home taken. in Alan Wake. Flashlights. Getting attacked by hillbillies in the dark. Walking to school with a mag light. You know. Totally. That's like how it my works. Childhood. Like you do. Like I do. <laughs> <laughs> so, hang on. Yeah. With that game, because the, the main reason I like that game was it's not so much, I mean, of course, the story and the gameplay, but that atmosphere was fantastic. Uh -huh. And after playing that, I kind of retroactively appreciated it more, having seen Twin Peaks afterward. Mm -hmm. ah, yes. Did they get rid of that weird because that was so good it's a different kind of weirdness okay it's not you're right it's not going to be the same as the original alan wake 
Um, I'm not going to confuse it for Twin Peaks, though. No. no. Oh, man. No, it's very... There are some kind of Twin Peaks elements to it. Okay. Insofar as, like, you know, when you are introduced to the character of Mr. Scratch, um, there's really not much in the way of exposition through the actual gameplay. Um, you, you will find out more about him by, like, clicking on TVs that you find throughout the map. And uh, you'll just see him kind of acting like, you know, a really <laughs> creepy, evil asshole. Um, but in terms of, you know, that, that real general kind of unsettling Twin Peaks, David Lynchian sort of sort of mechanic that, that fit in very well in the first game, um, it's different in the second one. Okay. So we'll, we'll see. New is nice, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I like new things, maybe. I don't know. But yeah, um, it's... It's still pretty creepy, and there are some really just gross, nasty, creepy elements to American Nightmare. Okay. But it's a different kind of creepy. I accept that. Okay. Very are you, cool. But is Mitch going to get it coming from Canada? Is it going to be the same kind of nightmare? Is, is, is it, it country-specific? Yeah. Is it Canadian nightmare? Yeah. Is um, it localized for other countries? What's like the nightmare, nightmare conversion to <laughs> nightmare <laughs> conversion <laughs> rate? Yeah, <laughs> it's you, you. You have to measure your horror on the metric on system. The metric this time system. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, you have to switch your your R's and E's at the end of uh, at the end of words. <laughs> nightmare. Whip them around. Yeah. Nightmare. I like that. Nightmare. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. Something. En français. En français. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Um, yeah. And speaking of Xbox Live Arcade. It's a busy uh, time. Warp is. came out today. We're like right in the thick of, yeah, this is the beginning of House, House Party. House Party yeah, started yeah. today. And okay, we apologize, so everyone. We just got Warp when you guys did. So Damon yeah. is working frantically to play through it and get a review Frantically. Up. You should see it. There's like papers getting thrown everywhere. He's sweating. It, there is. There's like a, He's crying. a, a cloud under his desk. An animated <laughs> cloud just at his desk. Indeed. Things keep flying out of it. It's a mess. But yeah, Warped is uh, Warp. Warp. Uh, warp. Warp is warp. out today. And uh, Pete, you spent some time with uh, the next game following Alan Wake. Yeah, so two weeks from now, yeah. Nehui, or Nexus, ne- or Nexuiz, however you want to call it. Even <laughs> Apparently even the de- developers don't know. They, Justin went and saw it at uh, CES a few weeks ago, and they were yeah. like, oh, just call it whatever you want. It's your choice. It's in your hands. <laughs> and then they hugged him and you gave him a cookie. You can call me whatever yeah. you want to. And then tapped him on the <laughs> head and sent him on his merry way. Even though I think <laughs> adorable. the original creators of this Quake mod were called it, wanted it to be Nexus, I can't mm. get away from calling it Nexuiz. Yeah, it's, it's very weird. I just, yeah. I wonder, Nex, who is? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I sat down uh, to play a demo with the developers, which is always a tough thing to do when it comes to a really high skill-based game. Did mm-hmm. they tell you, oh, I've never seen anyone do that before? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's definitely started <laughs> off where I was sitting on top of the leaderboard. I'm like, what's going on here? Yeah, yeah. You know, like, oh, I've killed entirely too many people. <laughs> and as the session went on, I started sinking and sinking and sinking because these guys have been playing it for months, if not mm-hmm. years at this point. Um, but it's a pretty, it's a solid game. Like, it's a kind of arena-based first-person shooter you'd find on PC with, like, Quake, Unreal Tournament. And I know Unreal Tournament 3 was on Xbox, but there's mm-hmm. really not many options when it comes to something similar, like, this fast of a game. Yeah. Like, if you think you're aiming far enough of ahead of someone who's running, you have to extend it even further. Like, go way beyond what you think to, like, try to snipe someone or hit someone with a rocket. Hmm. You have to be thinking, like, 101 steps ahead of them. Because everything moves so fast, and then there's all these crazy multiply or uh, mutators like uh, double jump and low gravity spring step, color blind makes everything black and white. Um, crazy. Wait, why is that a bonus? I don't know. It's just a mutator. <laughs> it just changes the game, I guess. Just for the sake of it. Yeah. For the <laughs> Look, sake. Look, it's different now. Look, things 
things are not what they were a second ago. What's happening here? <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It looks good. It's built on the uh, Cry Engine three. Oh really? Hot. Yeah. Oh, that's that game. Okay. Yeah, it's the first like downloadable Cry yeah. Engine three game. So it's looking good. Uh, super fast. From what I played with the developers, the connectivity was fine. Like there was no lag or anything crazy like that. Um, and it's only going to be 800 Microsoft points. So that's yeah, a pretty good little uh, shooter. But the problem is yeah. that I can see if uh, like a wider community doesn't take this on as a whole, it's just going to be a big empty game of nobody in the lobby and just playing against bots. Yeah. And if so I mean, if it's embraced problem. and there's people playing it forever, it's going to be super fun. And they'll probably mm. add more maps at a certain point and something like that. But um, if not, then it could just die out, which would be sad. It'd be a tragedy. Yeah. But be a I tragedy. Do we? They're trying to kick off a beta pretty soon. I don't know exactly what it's going to take to get into it. Hmm. Um, Wait, it's out in like two weeks. Who cares? I yeah. think they're just going to fine tune it. Okay. Fine tune. Yeah. When does it, that, that has to start like yesterday, right? It should have. All okay. the loading screens yeah. in the um, bit I played with the developers had like, welcome to the beta with like ridiculous graphics and stuff. <laughs> just temp <laughs> placeholder stuff. Yeah, it is weird that they're starting a beta so late. I mean, I don't think. At this point, if the game comes out in two weeks yeah. and it's already been slotted for House Party, then they've gone all the way through all the necessary submission channels. Well, yeah, it, it might most just, so, betas just mean like uh, public just, QA. Let's yeah, exactly. It might be a road to like some it. hype. Yeah, 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 something like that. I think that's pretty much what it is. It's like an early demo. Yeah, that they're calling a beta. But uh, yeah, we'll be working on the review for that. I'm thinking <clears> we're probably not gonna. It's not gonna be out like the second you can get the game because mm -hmm. we'll get online and actually play with uh, you guys out there. Yeah, totally. To get a real uh, grip on what the game feels like. Because that's really just online only. So. Yeah. yeah. It's cool to see a, a shooter in a different space on Live Arcade for so cheap doing cool new shit. Exactly, yeah. Mm -hmm. Looking forward to it. And I know it comes, well, I guess you guys aren't listening to that for that, but uh, to PS3 and PC later, too. Yeah. You guys look like I just started speaking <laughs> a foreign language. You're like, what? Huh? Huh? What does that even mean? What are you saying? What's yeah. a triangle? <laughs> <laughs> Which letter is triangle? Um, but yeah, you're on the you're uh, on the hook for that review. I am. I will be playing it. I will be shooting Exciting. people in the face online. Very cool. And then talking about it. Take them on in a critical format. Make it happen. Yeah. All right. And uh, another game that we uh, previewed this week, actually today, as a matter yeah. of fact, that the uh, our preview went up um, by Mr. Mitch Dyer. Hi. Was uh, hi guys. He's waving. <laughs> he uh, played Prototype Two. I did. Yeah. Tell us about it. Yeah, uh, Activision showed me the first hour of Prototype 2, nice. and then they showed us some late-game content in the red zone. Uh, with the way they, they break up the what's content the red zone? in that game. Uh, you don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> the way they break you up the content ask, in you that can't afford game it. is uh, <laughs> they, they, the, Prototype 2, instead of just having New York City just being open, they, mm -hmm. they divvy, up, divvy it up into three sections based on how infected parts of the city are. So you have the green zone where everything is kind of under quarantine, but it's mostly safe. Mm -hmm. The infection isn't terribly rampant. Um, and you progress from there to the yellow zone where it's getting a little worse. Some bad <laughs> shit's going on over here. And eventually the red zone is just where it's like the, the city's a lost cause there. Mm. It's just full of crazy mutant beast things. Hmm. And that's where Alex Mercer lives because he likes he, he finds it cozy. The rent's is, yeah, the rent's cheap. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. It's good it's, rent. He can have his dog. <laughs> he yeah. likes it. Good. No pet deposit. So they showed, us the late game, they showed us the late game content just to show us like a fully powered James Heller. He's the new hero. Mm-hmm. Uh, compared to the first hour where he has almost no abilities right. and it's 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 a stark contrast of course because who knows it's probably like 20 hours between those yeah. 
Um, but yeah, they showed us the first hour, and the first hour is really... It starts out really slow, which I found really surprising. Because mm-hmm. the first prototype is really just like, well, Mercer got fucked up, and now he has powers, and he's going crazy in the city. Yeah, so he's like the primary antagonist of Prototype 2, right? Kinda. Like, I'm still not entirely yeah. certain on that. Because Activision's been positioning it as Heller versus Mercer. Yeah. And everyone at the event had Prototype shirts that had their faces on the back, Heller versus Mercer. Hmm. equals prototype two but in the beginning of the game uh heller is like he's a he's a soldier i don't know if he's like a war hero or anything but he's back mm-hmm. from iraq and he is fa- his family's dead and he thinks Mercer's responsible so he goes hunting down mercer in the red zone okay huh. and M- mercer gives him powers and that's how you come to play the game at, like you do but the first like half an hour of that game is cinematics and story and walking very slowly and following and trying to find mercer <laughs> and it's this really weird linear different kind of game than you're expecting yeah. yeah so i remember prototype one started out you know there were no kid gloves or anything yeah it just, just like, started go going kill shit. everything in new york city yeah They're running up the sides of buildings eat, and that yeah. kind of shit eat everything <laughs> you can find but yeah this is that's that's weird and it's weird that you have to take on mercer as well i mean yeah well and mercer gives you the powers and heller is convinced that he's killed his family mm-hmm. and mercer says no i didn't do it it was these guys the bad guys black watch interesting the, the military police guys yeah uh, and later in the demo, you buddy up with your, your old priest at your old church, and he you find out he is on Mercer's side. He knows Mercer, and they're huh. talking. And you kind of you put your faith in Mercer a couple times in the first hour, and it's like, well, okay, something's going to happen, because if, if yeah. this game is about Heller hunting Mercer, like, what's going to happen? <laughs> yeah, if that but, were the case, I'm sure they'd call it Prototype Junior, like yeah. uh, Donkey Kong Jr. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's that big switch off there. You start out as Mario and Donkey Kong, and then, oh, wait, Mario's the bad guy. In Twist! What just happened? Or not Mario, but Jumpman, or whatever the hell they called him for that one. Fat mustachioed guy. Fat mustachioed man. Yeah, so it's an interesting setup, and they, there's some cool stuff going on with their character relationships. Just, you know, it, it could get complex and then eventually violent. When's that come out? Feud. April 24th. April 20th. April's a big month. I know, yeah. my birthday. I know. That Can was my first guess, yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> the, then The Witcher 2. Oh, man. So pumped. Can't and wait to replay that. Witcher 2 looks awesome. Wait, maybe it's not that big. No, Is it's it just, just Prototype 2 and Witcher 2? Yeah. That's okay. enough. Yeah, I mean, Witcher that's true for me is that's gonna bury me. And yeah, I don't, I, I can't promise I can finish Mass Effect by the end of March. Oh man, no, I might actually. Who am I kidding? It, it is, Mass Effect <laughs> is on on the sixth. You yeah. got thirty days. Thirty days. Thirty days. Actually, in the U.S., March only has thirty-one days. Oh really? As opposed to the Canadian 37. March thirty-sixth. Yeah. yeah, you Canadians in your March? What the hell? <laughs> that's so a metric weird. system again. Yeah. I don't know. I don't get it. <laughs> this conversion is throwing me off. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. Also out this week, uh, we played some of the uh, Mass Effect 3 demo, which you can currently download on yeah. Xbox Live. Is the multiplayer open to everyone yet, or is it still only people who have uh, Battlefield 3's so, online yeah. pass? So as I understand it, if you played Battlefield on any console mm-hmm. or PC, yeah. um, if you just have it on your profile, and I don't know if you can play it now and gain access, but uh, we didn't have time to test that yesterday, but mm-hmm. if you have played Battlefield and you download the Mass Effect demo... When you load it up, you'll have the multiplayer option. Yeah, yeah, because it links to your uh, your EA account. Yes, it connects not to your, your gamertag. So yeah, what I heard like Destin here at IGN, he did not have Battlefield Three. He didn't play it in the fall, but what mm-hmm. he did, he just bought the Battlefield Three online pass so he could play Mass Effect oh, Three really? multiplayer. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah, so I guess it does work. But I also heard via Twitter somebody was saying that they never played Mass Effect or uh, Battlefield on console, just PC. But when they logged into their uh, Mass Effect on Xbox, they were able to access the content because yeah. it's all linked. Through, yeah, because yeah. your origin ID is exactly. Yeah. Whatever. So as long as yeah. you have everything linked up, if you've played, have a Battlefield Three online pass somewhere, then you can get into this multiplayer, cool. which apparently 
doesn't suck. Yeah, it's it's yeah. pretty good. Tell us about uh, it. I played a bunch of it yesterday, and it's shockingly not as terrible as I thought it was going to be. Like I wanted <laughs> nothing to do with Galaxy at War because it's oh, it's taking away from my story, and it's if it ties yeah. into the story, it means I'm going to have to play multiplayer first instead of the story. And I just had this grudge against multiplayer from the start. Right. And it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a wave based thing. It's like Horde or any of of the other survival modes we've come to just get fucking buried in <laughs> but it sets itself apart by giving you objectives to do during the mission like it breaks up the waves with like go hack this computer or go to turn on these terminals or whatever so you have something to do in addition to killing all of these guys and it's the the, the draw for me isn't necessarily hey it's massive gameplay online which is cool because you know the new combat is great and it just feels like a much better tighter action game but the, the progression system they have is really awesome because as you get kills and complete objectives, you get money, which you can blow on basically a pack of baseball cards mm-hmm. where you buy a, a box full of five items, and that can be anything from characters, uh, weapons, attachments, metagel to revive yourself. Like There's a bunch of stuff that you can get. Mm-hmm. And you just put it in your inventory and attach it to yourself as necessary for the next wave. Wow. Cool. Um, yeah, how many, how many maps are available in the... Uh... So there, there are two maps now. Uh, okay. And there, as far as I can tell, we couldn't get past very much on the the ghost white map or whatever it's called. Yeah. The one on Novaria, because it was just kicking the shit out of us. So I didn't get to see if it has different objectives compared to the other map. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would be cool to see if every map had something else going on. Right. Rather than, you know, the same objectives on different layouts. Yeah. So so what is the, the basic connection between the multiplayer element and the single player? Like, how do they how do they loop into each other? I wasn't certain either. And I th- the way Destin explained it to me was you build up your character, you level him up, you give him biotic abilities or mm-hmm. whatever his abilities are, because it's all divvied up by classes. And I was playing the adept, so he's super biotic heavy. Right. Um, and I bought him, like, the shockwave ability, which lets me knock down groups and all these different st- tweaks for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you upgrade, you build up your skill tree you get new weapons and i think you just decide now i'm going to send you into the campaign and you just send him off and it's kind of like the game's equivalent of prestiging oh okay i think yeah i'm not entirely sure how it works but that's what destin was saying so if if it's wrong blame him (laughs) (laughs) it's your fault man cool uh what did you think of the single player stuff when you played through that part of the demo yeah i played that last night and it was it was pretty cool too it's Mm -hmm. uh, i played it on the easy mode the story mode because i wanted to play the demo in a way that i'm not going to play it in when it comes out yeah Yeah. and that's it's it's really cool because it makes it more approachable Mm -hmm. but it's also just pathetically easy right (laughs) but it it seems really cool the enemy encounters are really interesting because you have a, a lot more enemies now and they come from cooler place like guys are rappelling in from ships and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and it seems a lot more cinematic just during the gameplay than it used to like you played it as well right yeah i did so uh, the intro is crazy because the reapers are just out of nowhere and it's like oh okay they're here holy shit yeah and they're invading the city and as you go outside and you're walking on these damaged buildings like ships are flying by you and things are getting blown up in front of you Mm -hmm. and it's it's pretty cool there's just a lot of stuff happening and i like that approach a lot indeed yeah i love it when games start with a bang yeah. No pun intended. Yep. Like I, I, that's one of my problems with like Japanese RPGs. Um, <laughs> Twenty hours to get to the good stuff. Well, not just that, but like everyone starts, or not everyone, but enough of them to where I can say this. Start with the convention of like, oh hey, Chrono, wake up, wake yeah, up, wake yeah. up. The wake up thing. Mm-hmm. You wake up. You're in a town. Talk to everyone. Wake up, Why? Commander Shepard. I, I don't talk to these people on a daily basis. Why would I talk to them today? <laughs> you should play Suikoden too. I should. Oh shouldn't man, I? that game is has a kick-ass opening yeah i've 
I haven't played Suikoden 2. I had friends who had it and always talked about how awesome it was, but I just never played it. I don't know why. It's, so, hard, yeah. it's hard to find. It is. Yeah. It is now. It's like super expensive. Yeah. I, I had um, I had to steal mine from the from the local video store. Oh, no. Yeah. They you know, were, they you know were just you're gonna, on a podcast right yeah, now. No. <laughs> well, they were just going to throw it out. What else was I supposed to do? I was like, I'll give you money for this. And they were like, no, we're just throwing out all our old PlayStation no. games. That's weird. And then we were just like, well... This is ours now. <laughs> so nice. Buddy and I looted that game. Well done. Yeah. Well done. Yeah, I mean, that wasn't theft. That was loot. Yeah. That was looting. Yeah. Salvaging. We earned that. Like in uh, like in Amalur or something. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, guys. Let's move on to some emails. Indeed. What? Oh, emails. yeah. That comes next. Sorry. <laughs> what? Blew my mind. Now you got to say it, Pete. Email. There you go. Mitch. Email. Mitch nice. does it a little better I like than the I way Mitch does Damn it. it. I'm out. I like the way ah. you both do it. You guys should like try email. to harmonize it. You give me a high E. Give me an email. There you go. I got it. Perfect. Yeah, okay. Nice. That must have been really loud. It was really we close to Casey. the time. We miss Casey. Yeah. All right, guys. Brandon would like to know, hey, guys, first time. I'm going to be short and quick about this. I love horror games ever since I played the original Silent Hill on my PS1. However, I've noticed there are not a lot of horror games on the 360. I was wondering if we could suggest any. That would scare the shit out of me. I think that's patently untrue. I think there are a lot of horror there games are, on the 360. Yeah. There's some good That's stuff. Right. Um, the Dead Space games are really top notch. Yes. If you haven't played those, they're I've, creepy as hell. Oh yeah, I've been replaying the first Dead Space, mm-hmm. um, which I didn't really like the first time, and I'm playing it now, and it's it's a lot smarter in terms of horror than I remember it being. Mm-hmm. It does a lot of stuff to to really trick you, like it makes you believe, it it trains you to believe one thing or a, a certain behavior within the enemies for a while, and then it just completely turns itself around. And yeah, it, it's it's not reliant on jump scares as much as I remember it being. It's it's a lot smarter about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, it is very just this ambient dread type scary game. It's a lot of tension without without yeah. much release. Yeah, absolutely. And uh Alan Wake as well. Mm-hmm. Check that one out. Yeah. And uh you know, we were just talking about American Nightmare that comes out uh yep. next week. So give that one a look. The like first two fear games are pretty good. Yeah. I played the demo for Fear 1 and had to turn it off. Like, no shit, I turned it off because I just couldn't <laughs> deal with the little girl at the end of the hallway running around. Yeah. I was like, nope, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> this isn't for me. Yeah, seriously, I just <laughs> don't deal with kids. Is the new the new Silent Hill downpour, is that going to be creepy at all? Um, is it a little too action heavy? Homecoming wasn't really scary. Yeah. Um, is it the same team? No, no, okay. this is uh, v- v- uh, Vatra, Vatra Games, I'm not I think. sure. Yeah, they're, uh, they're a Eastern European developer. They're the ones working on downpour. Um, yeah, Downpour definitely has its tense, scary moments too. Um, I, I, you know, we'll we'll have a full review on that one when it comes out. But from what I've played, it is uh, a little, it's scary, but a lot more actiony than yeah. a lot of people would think of. Yeah. But um, Silent Hill HD Collection. Oh yeah, that's out soon. March. Yeah. March, April. Maybe yeah, it's, that's a, it's, April. it's March, and I I'm pretty sure that's coming for 360. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So if you if you're a Silent Hill fan, definitely there's a lot of stuff coming. Two, three, and four. No, just uh, two and three. What? (laughs) I know. Not much of a collection. That's weird. Okay. Very weird. I know you said uh, 360 in the question too, Brandon. But uh, if you can somehow get it working, nab Amnesia on your computer. Oh man, I for sure. I've been too afraid to start it. The requirements aren't that high on it, so you can probably run it on something relatively low end. Mm Mm-hmm. Creepy. And there have been rumblings about it possibly coming to Xbox Live Arcade at some point. Um, you know, it's just kind of been rumored. Uh, yeah, but they're, they're yeah. dropping hints about a sequel or something now, or it, what people a think project, is a sequel. Yeah, which very well could project. be the original game yep, on, on 360. Xbox Live Arcade. So keep your ears out 
for that one. Keep your ears out? Yeah, that's a phrase that Keep you Keep them out. That's something to say. Just hold them out. <laughs> hold your ears as far from your head as you possibly can. The Condemned <laughs> games are really good, too. Ah, there you go. Oh, that's condemned. the one I was thinking of. There you um, go. People kind of make fun of those games because the first one was uh, a launch title for 360, and yeah. it, it kind of looks weird now, and it's... It's a lot of hobo bum fights. Yeah, bum fights. Kind of stuff bum like fights that. the game. But man, that game is scary as shit. Especially, like, Condemned 2 is really freaky. Yeah. It's got the, like, there's a mission in a mannequin factory. Fuck that mission. <laughs> <laughs> like, you look away from a mannequin and you look back and it's closer to you than it was before. Ew. Were you, were you stepping backwards, though? No. no. <laughs> I've had that happen to me before in real life. <laughs> it's really. getting closer and I don't understand oh, what's God. happening. <laughs> But yeah, um, seriously, if you like scary games, Brandon, there's a lot of stuff that you can find on the oh, 360. Yeah. Yep. No kidding. Uh, Cam says, so I recently was exploring the Xbox Live Arcade catalog and noticed that they import some old original Xbox games in there as well. This got me wondering, why don't they have Half-Life 2 in there? But my question is, what are some games from the original Xbox that we wish they would import over to Xbox Live Arcade? Uh, I think you mean the the like the Xbox originals, basically, not so much Xbox Live Arcade. Yeah, they're kind of all bundled together now. Yeah, they're they're in like a, a hodgepodge in that. Well, it's because the game marketplace is a fucking catastrophe. Right now. <laughs> God, I can't believe they did that. <laughs> Try to it find something. Such a mess now. I've I've been very very vocal about my hatred for that mm-hmm. crap. Anyway, um, so you want the Xbox, the original Xbox version of Half Life Two, which, frankly, isn't that great. Yeah, um, I remember playing it. It was the yeah the the frame rates were all over the place. Um, if you have a 360, you should tr- really try to scrounge up a copy of the Orange Box. Yeah. I bet you yeah. can find one super cheap. Oh, it's like yeah. twelve bucks. I bought it for my dad for Christmas. <clears throat> yep, you can find that. That's got a portal in it as well, and uh, Half Life Two Episode One, Team Fortress Two. Even if yeah. it doesn't really work that well on 360, and and there's it, no community left either. <laughs> it's gone. Yeah. It's just <laughs> episode two as well is on that. Yeah, so episode like. two exactly, and uh, the original Half Life Two definitely a huge value, way more worth yeah. it than just mm-hmm. trying to get the Xbox version of that. Um, but yeah, what are what are some games from the original Xbox? My number one is one that can't happen: Stranger's Wrath. Um, they oh, they just brought right. it to PlayStation Network, and there are just so many limitations and rules to Xbox Live Arcade. Ooh. Yeah. That just add water can't bring it to Xbox yeah. Live Arcade or Games on Demand or original <coughs> whatever the hell it is now. Any any type of format. Yeah, and the, the most the most of the things I want are just games I can I would like so I could play them because they aren't backward compatible like Atogi or Tron 2.0. Yeah, just Atogi would be the to. would be the big one for me. Yeah, I would love to play that one. I never played it. No, I want to so badly, but I can't. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I got nothing. You got nothing? nothing. He doesn't even <laughs> like the Xbox. <laughs> I thought this was beyond. Oh, I'll leave it. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yep. Yep. Advent Rising was a good one. No, to be honest, Rising. I didn't play enough of the original Xbox because I never had my own. It was mm-hmm. always going to a friend's house to play something random. Yeah. So I don't know probably the full depth of the catalog to even know what I'm missing. Yeah. To be fair. Yeah. But there's plenty. There's there are plenty of great games that you should look into, Pete. This is an intervention. We're going to tell you to start mm-hmm. getting into some. You probably Xbox have shit. most of them at your house, right? Yeah, <laughs> probably. Okay. Yeah. As we all on this episode of Steve's Hoarding Corner. Yay! I'm a pack rat. He just actually has a bunch of awesome stuff. That's true. But Cam, we cannot stress this enough. Go find the orange box. Yes, I think it's yes. out there. That's what we've all learned Cam's today. Good. Totally. You want Half Life Two? That's your way to get it. Is the orange box? Cannot stress that enough. <laughs> Fabian says, The first two Mass Effect games came out before I had an Xbox 360. I want to play the third, but should I play the first two beforehand? 
Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I think we're Definitely all in agreement yes. here. Yeah. I was I was pouring over this question before we started, and mm-hmm. I was thinking like if if he's got to play one of the two, like which should he play? And I was thinking like two is probably more skippable than the first. I think the first yeah. is so much more essential to that game's story, yeah. or that series' story. That two, while totally hugely important, and you should probably play it mm-hmm. to get the full grip, like the introduction to all of these characters and the world and you know, Mass Effect Three is about the Reapers. Yeah. They don't exist in Mass Effect Two at all. Right. It's the yeah. collectors or the, yeah. the main. It's a totally different villain. Enemy. And the the Reapers don't come up until like literally the last four seconds. Yeah. <laughs> but you know that said, there are a lot of plot developments that will be hugely important in two as mm-hmm. well, or in three as well, uh, from two. Um, I think one of the big things, too, though, if you start it from the beginning now, by the time you finally get to where 3 starts, you're going to be so in love with your character that you can bring through every game with yeah. you that it's just not going to be the same if you just like, oh, I'm going to start playing Mass Effect 3. You're like, oh, here's yeah. this Commander Shepard that yeah. I'm in control of. But you're missing out on... I bet you can get to the through the first two games in about 40 hours. Oh, yeah. If you power mm-hmm. through them, if you don't do many of the side quests, which kind of sucks to skip, because yeah. the first one has some really good ones. I say yeah. 20 to 30 hours, even with a bunch of the side quests. Yeah. Each. It's I forget a, it's how much time I spent on 2. It's a big commitment. It in, is. In a month. I know. <laughs> but if you're willing to wait to play 3, then yeah, yeah, i say... Yeah, totally play both. Totally worth it. Yeah, it's... I, I would absolutely recommend that. And I would second what Pete says. I mean, it's about... Mass Effect is about, like, crafting your Shepard. Yeah. And creating your experience, you know, to drive through the, to the, through the trilogy. And you're not going to get that if you just start with 3. Half the fun is seeing how all the choices you made in 1 and 2 are going to play out in Mass Effect 3. Yeah. Exactly. It's like reading a book but skipping to the last chapter and going like, oh, well, I guess they do make it out of the <laughs> burning plane alive or whatever. I think it's a little more user-friendly than that. Well, yeah, to be sure. But you know what I'm trying to who's say. Reginald? Oh, who's Reginald? He, he showed up in Reginald chapter guy? 3. If you, absolutely, about Reginald? if you absolutely don't have the time, go to the Mass Effect 3 wikis page yeah. on IGN. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got a lot of, it's like tons of breakdowns on all the characters. And today they put up a video of Mass Effect in five minutes. Oh, yeah. And it's like, <laughs> uh, it's hilarious. It actually it's, tells the story, though. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's, it's a really funny, but actually like really hardcore nerdy breakdown of the Mass Effect 1 story. Yeah, those and are great. It'll oh, spoil the yeah. shit out of it for you, but <laughs> yeah, it, I, that's one way to get around it. Yeah. Oh, one thing too, though, like by playing Mass Effect One, you're proving that the Xbox 360 is better than the PlayStation Three, because none of those guys had access to Mass Effect One. That is so true. true. So it's like you know. Beyond. <laughs> Get out. Get out of here. No, it's just totally worth the trip. And I know, like, yeah. both of them I played when they came out, so it's very spread out. It wasn't crunch time for me at all. Mm-hmm. But I still would totally recommend taking your time playing through them both before getting to three. It'll wait for you. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. All right, guys. Michael says, excellent shout out on uh, Drag Me to Hell. The yes. DVD is You're currently... welcome. <laughs> I don't know what this means. Have you seen Drag Me to Hell? No. Oh, God. Oh, my like, God. Oh, God. I know. I know. Oh, Every no. time it comes up, I'm like, fuck, I'm going to get berated. Um, last week, Michael sent in an awesome MBK about uh, the Evil Dead franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. We had to marry right. Boff Kill, um, Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, and Army of Darkness. So we did. And we also suggested to him that he should an check out... An additional boff. Yeah. yeah. An additional boff is Drag Me to Hell, okay. another Sam Raimi film, mm-hmm. which, if you ask me, basically qualifies as Evil Dead 4, just the way Wait, it's have written. you seen Evil Dead 1? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Okay. I know you're young. You are quite young. Yeah. So. But, yeah, uh, Drag Me to Hell, phenomenal freaking movie. Oh, yeah. Like, I keep hearing this. And Sam Raimi at the top of his horror game, like, it's 
one of the best horror movies I've seen. America in, like, has really good Netflix. Time. Maybe I'll take advantage of that. Yes. We Check do. out our oh, American God. Netflix. That's what Canadian it says when you cross blows. the border. Does it really? No, it's awful. What's wrong? You it's just like, don't have stuff? It's or? all Degrassi high. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Hours of it. <laughs> Do they have Degrassi the next generation at least? I don't even know. Damn. Absolutely. I gave okay, up again. on Netflix Both in Canada so subtitled long and dubbed in French and English. <laughs> but that's it. That's all Canadian Netflix yeah. has. And Red Green. <laughs> A lot of that. Red Green, some SCTV. I need to not be playing with that cup anymore. <laughs> Sorry. But yes, anyway... Uh, we suggested that you know, they watch uh, Drag Me to Hell, and they did. Okay. They really and thank like you it. for sharing it with your office. Absolutely. Excellent. As many people as can see this movie, the better. Exactly. Because it's just freaking awesome. Such a great movie. Okay. Even my wife oh. loved it, and she's she's hit or miss when it comes to stuff like that. Yeah. So My girlfriend times. did not care for it. Really? Well, I, I think it was just because I loved it so much. She was like, I just don't see the big deal. I mean, it's funny. It's scary. It's a good movie. And you're but... still together. What? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. We had a talk after that. <laughs> we had a talk. <laughs> Very serious. <laughs> but no, I mean, you know, I, I love the movie and I'll sing its praises nonstop. Yeah. And yeah. Anyway, the rest of Michael's question is, uh, what do we think makes an excellent horror game as standout games this generation or old school favorites? Um, <clears throat> would we ever want to see horror films made into games like The Shining, The Thing, Devil's Rejects? Well, Michael, the, the, thing, the thing is, The Thing was already a game. Yeah, is it, is uh, once upon a time. I have it, and I keep meaning to play the thing. It's good. Is it? Like, yeah, for is the really? time. Um, I don't know how well it ages. I haven't played it in, like, six or seven years. Right. But at the time, it was a really solidly done horror game. Okay. It was a really good one. Um, but would we want to see any of the other ones, like The Shining? No. Or Devil's no. Rejects? Mm-hmm. No. no. Not really. I think part rejects. of the thing of what makes yeah. a an excellent horror game is the unexpected and not knowing right. what's going to happen. And to a certain extent, if you're basing a game on a movie, you kind of know what's going to happen. Right. Or at least you have some anticipation that, like, oh, this crazy character slash creature slash phenomena is going to come out of the wall at some point. Mm-hmm. And it's just yeah. going to be less scary because you know it's coming. But I don't know. That's the trouble. Like, you can't... How would you adapt The Shining? What would you do? You spend half the game, like, writing. Goddamn ghost children. It's again. a connect yeah. game where you pretend to throw a tennis ball at a wall. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's The Shining, the and game. And pedal a little tricycle. It comes tricycle. as a tricycle accessory. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That'd be awesome. <laughs> okay, never mind. We take that back. Make the, a pre-order pre-order the gift. Shining. A pre-order gift is that awesome Apollo 11 sweater that Danny wears. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I want one of those. Really bad. Oh, man. But, yeah, I mean, you know, the thing about horror movies is that there's so much ambience and just stuff that the filmmaker can really throw in there mm-hmm. and you know push down your throat from a you know a very narrow focused standpoint whereas you know in in games there's a lot of exploration elements and that has to be factored into it so there are a lot of horror movies that wouldn't really work well as games and yeah i, I just- don't Go ahead. I was going to say, that's my problem with just adaptations in general. Yeah. Like, based on the original product, you have some expectations of what you're going to get out of the next thing. So, like, a movie based on a game, you kind of have those expectations, and those just generally turn out to be crap. Right. But um, even, like, a book turned into a movie, book turned into a TV show. Like, everyone loves Game of Thrones on HBO. Mm-hmm. I don't really like it. Like, I read Are all the books. Book yeah. Yeah. And I have this, you know, these characters in my head and what they look like and how they act and all these things. And it just, they did not align. Like, sometimes yeah. I can get past that, but that's one case where I was just like, I can't get into Game of Thrones on HBO. It's, that not, it's not me. <laughs> that's not how I see the series. Okay. I have, yeah. I have yet to jump into the whole Game of Thrones thing. Oh, man. Get on it. There, it's all over my DVR. I'm trying to read them now, and I find Martin a kind of mediocre writer. Yeah. 
He's it's thick. There's a lot of f- very descriptive food talk. Yeah. All right. That's one weird thing I'm I sold. Notice. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually I feel like I, now that I'm reading it, I have the advantage having seen the show because now I'm like I can follow now these you names. Get it. Yeah. I tried before watching the show and I was like, no, I can't. I There's can't so many characters. It's too much. No. Yeah. Anyway, back to horror. Uh, the, what I was thinking is like games and movies, and when it comes to horror, are just mm-hmm. fundamentally completely different beasts. Yeah. Because the reason you watch a horror movie is to have bad shit happen to you. Whereas in a game, you now have the opportunity to react to that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the greatest advantage. So what makes a great horror game is having that kind of tension and release and unexpected events happen in a way that you can react to it in an interesting way. Yeah. So what are your thoughts then on like a first-person horror experience versus a third-person one? Like, Is there some sort of removal when you're still looking over the shoulder of somebody and this stuff is happening to them actively as opposed to you i don't think so because i mean i'm still in control of that person regardless of the perspective yeah sure. and like dead space pulls it off absolutely for one so yeah. does alan wake yeah but at the same like the, there's advantages to both because in condemned it's it's a different kind of experience that yeah. i don't think would have translated as well in third person uh, yeah or even something like we were talking about amnesia earlier mm-hmm. like that totally would be extremely like it would be foobar if you tried to do that mm-hmm. third person <laughs> yeah it just wouldn't work well, there's talk of a Dead Space first-person game, or at least there was for a while. Well, they did Extraction. The uh, that, that game was really good, though. Yeah. I, I liked Extraction. I thought it, it was It wasn't great. very scary, but it was just exactly. a Exactly. As a game, right. it's a good game. Yeah, yeah. Right. But yeah, I mean, aside from that, there is talk of a uh, first-person shooter coming to the Dead Space universe. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. We'll see. If they put the guys at uh, Visceral behind it, um, should be good. Yeah. They have a pretty good track record. I really yeah. liked uh, Dante's Inferno. I know a lot of people You're the guy. Didn't. I'm the one guy. The one guy. The one guy who, who... I talk shit about the game all the time and I've never played it. Aw. No, I, uh, I I thought it was a really good game. It was really well produced and had it was teeming with atmosphere. It was just fascinating to, to see that kind of take. I mean, it's, you know, obviously a little, you know, dumb to try to take a, uh, what, 600-year-old <laughs> yeah. tome and make it into a and video game. And put a game. bunch of titties on it. Put so many titties on it, you don't even know. <laughs> but you know, I, I really liked I liked the the art direction, the design. It was just a really cool game that I like to play. A short lived experience, but a cool one nonetheless. That'd be a great back of the box quote. <laughs> it was a good game that I liked to play. It was a good game that I liked to play. <laughs> Stephen Hopper, IG. So yeah, um, but so it's that sense of atmosphere then that you think makes an excellent horror game. Yeah, I don't think it has so much to do with. Uh, you know, shit jumping through windows or whatever. Yeah. Guys busting out of vents. Peter, turn your <clears throat> phone off. Oh, God. How dare you? Oh, rude. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, like, it, it, it's a balance, right? Like, you have to have brooding music and dark hallways and things yeah. popping out at you or things happening unexpectedly because you have to be able to have the interaction. Right. So it's a mix of, you know, it sounds really, it's really reductive to say, have scary things happening in a scary <laughs> world. Like, it's, I don't know. It, I feel like the formula is pretty simple, but a lot of people miss yeah, missed the point. It's true. It's true. But yeah, that's what makes a horror game awesome. I hope that answered your question, Michael. Yeah. And uh, keep spreading the word of Drag Me to Hell because that game or movie, that game, <laughs> that game is the shit. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, it's time for MBKs. Yes. Do you understand the process? Yes. Here? Okay. Good. You got I, I listened to Unlocked. Ah. Oh, hey. <laughs> Sounds so really excited. flattered. I was. <laughs> oh, we have a listener. Long time listener. That's who First that iTunes subscriber podcasting. is. <laughs> I, do, I would never write for you. Never, I never wrote to you guys. Oh, well, thanks. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
Thanks. You wouldn't pay hey, you guys, it. it's Mitch from your email. <laughs> from your work email. Hey, it's Mitch from, from sitting right here on the podcast. <laughs> All right. Uh, Michael says, the thing, they live and escape from New York. These, this is a John Car- Carpenter, Carpenter MPK. Huh? I don't know what they live is. I was going to say, I've never seen it either. They live? Kill you guys don't know what... No, <laughs> they live is fucking awesome. All of the uh, okay, all the Duke Nukem quotes of like I'm oh, gonna kick ass and chew bubblegum. Nope, I'm all out of bum. I've oh, seen the YouTube gum. clips. The movie looks stolen from they super live. dumb. No, it's awesome. It's such a it's a very stark commentary on American consumerism. Oh, okay, the it. thing the original and is Canadian amazing. <laughs> I love the thing the original. Yes. Yeah. So bar none, that's the best movie on. Probably this, marry, yeah, that, marry that just because yeah, high quality. Escape from New York. Nah, let's I'd, kill it. I'd, I'm going to take Stephen's word on They Live. They Live is uh, so I'm cool. A, we I'm may a, have to revisit this in a few weeks if I ever <laughs> I'm watch I'm going to bomb Kurt Russell. I mean, Escape from New York. <laughs> I mean. What about Rowdy Roddy Piper, man? All right. Um, <laughs> it's that order for me. The thing, They Live, Escape from New right. York. I mean, I, I get the the appeal of Escape from New York. I mean, it was a good movie. I liked it a lot. But, you know, in, in terms of John Carpenter, Kurt Russell vehicles, I'd have to say that uh, Big Trouble in Little China oh. way trumps... Any escape from is this, blah, blah, Is this blah, where you right? add a thing to it again? <laughs> yes. Everyone go see Big Trouble in Little China. Go That's see Big Trouble in Little absolutely. China. Absolutely. It's on Netflix it's too, right? Yeah. It's streaming. Yep. It is. Absolutely. It's a kick-ass movie. It is. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful movie. So, yeah. I would marry the thing, boff They Live, and boff Big Trouble in Little China because that movie is amazing. <laughs> you cheat on They Live with Big Trouble in Little China. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> where, where does have an affair with? Have an affair with... Have an affair with, yeah. Um, Will says Spider-Man, Ultimate Spider-Man, or the Amazing Spider-Man movie based on the trailer. Hmm. So wait, and I'm guessing by Spider-Man he means like just the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Oh God! If it, kill, oh, I don't murder, know. kill, burn with fire, holy water. If it is that one, then yeah, I kill that because yeah. So yeah, probably in that. I'm assuming that's the case, unless he's just mm-hmm. saying Spider-Man as a concept in general. Yeah, but I don't think that's the case. Or maybe maybe the actual Spider-Man comics. Well, no, because that's called the Amazing Spider-Man. No, that's true. Shit. Well, I don't know. I'm thinking it's the yeah. Raimi let's, movies. Let's default to Raimi. He keeps coming up. This <laughs> <fucking> can't escape <laughs> this everywhere. motherfucker. It's the but same Raimi. Even if that's the case, I would kill both the Amazing Spider-Man trailer new movie <gasps> and the Raimi really? movies. You're not feeling the new no. Amazing Spider-Man? No, it's just no. more of the same with a new guy. Yeah, but it's dark. Uh, it's edgy. No, it's not. <laughs> it's Batman Begins, right? It's got Goombas Spider-Man in it. Spider-Man Begins. What? It's got lizard. Goombas. Oh. Looks like oh, yeah. Super Mario Brothers. Oh, no shit, he does. Wow. Somebody pointed that out Holy in one of our shit, meetings. Like I've ruined it for you forever now. <laughs> wow, okay, Mitch yep. just had a Kaiser oh, Soze moment. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, my God. Oh, no. There's a Drops diagram on the whiteboard here where I wrote that in big letters. He's like, he pieces it together. Yeah. Oh my god, but yeah, um, I, I don't know how I feel about the the trailer. To be honest, it's I wasn't as ex- excited as everyone else. I it's say. dark. I thought it was fine. I thought it was cool that they're bringing back the whole like, hey, Peter Parker's also a super huge science nerd. He's mm-hmm. not just ha- half spider. Yeah, like he made his his webbing. Yeah, yeah, things which is awesome and canon. And fuck Sam Raimi for changing that. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, I would probably. I guess I would boff the new trailer. Yeah, I guess I'm going to marry Ultimate, because Ultimate is just really, really pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Ultimate's slick. And uh, I'd kill the Raimi Spider-Man. It's just because... That's the one. Yeah. I mean, Doc Ock was great in two, but that was it. That was all that series really had for me. Yeah. Yep. Granted, I'm not a huge Spider-Man guy. I'm really more of a Batman person. Word. If, if you're a listener. You would know that. 
<laughs> if you listen to this podcast, you totally know you'd that, know. guys. You'd know. You'd know that. Um, Travis says, Cliff Blazinski, Todd Howard, and Tim Schafer. Mary, Mary Tim Schafer, Boff Todd Howard, Kill Cliff. Really? Yeah. Why'd you kill Cliff? I don't even like Bethesda. <laughs> I just really want to kill Cliff. <laughs> 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 no, I just think that that's a smart dude. He's got his head in the right place. That's true. I know it's hard to <clears throat> separate this from like the games you'd see. Because if yeah. it was a list of games, their best known games, it'd be a kind mm-hmm. of a different scenario. Yeah. As a personality, yeah, you're right. Mary Tim Schaefer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'd marry Tim, Boff Cliff, and I guess kill Howard. Because Cliff's not good enough for you. Cliff made Jazz Jack Rabbit. <laughs> Come on, guys. He's not Bucky O'Hare. Bucky O'Hare was the superior 90s rabbit. Oh, to hell with that noise. I love Jazz Jack Rabbit. I smell a feature. <laughs> Jazz Jack Rabbit. <laughs> Who is the... <laughs> Add uh, Usagi Ojimbo to that list? No, wait, is that the movie? What's the... Yeah, no, that Usagi was the Ojimbo? guy from... Yeah, from Turtles. Yeah, yeah, okay. Ninja Turtles. Yeah, okay. We need, yeah, we need to do... That's a badass rabbit. We need to do kick-ass rabbits. Yes. Kick-ass Let's rabbits. Make it rabbit week. <laughs> But I see where you're at with Bucky O'Hare. So. I smell a meta achievement. Meta of Bucky O'Hare. Yeah, tell us who Bucky O'Hare is and you get <laughs> 1,000 <000 laughs> points. Fabian says, Zoe Deschanel, Katy Perry, and Emily Blunt. These I are don't brunettes know who half of blue these eyes. people are. They're very strikingly attractive women. Wait, so. Was Zoe Deschanel the 500 Days of Summer trick? Yes. Yes. All of them. <laughs> all three, all yeah. of them. Mostly because I don't know who the other two are. I would MBK all three of them. Oh, wait. Katy Perry is the fireworks shooting out of my boobs music video. Yes. Yes. I'm thinking this order, if we have to choose. Uh, yeah. I'm with Pete. I'm just kind of bored with the whole adorkable thing that yeah. Zoe Deschanel's got yeah. going on. I mean, hi, I'm a nerd, but you're fucking gorgeous. You're not a nerd. <laughs> <You're> not. <laughs> it's like, oh, it I'm one of the prettiest women in the world. There's nothing nerdy about that. <laughs> Like, Can we also just take a minute to acknowledge that her sister is way hotter than she is? Emily Deschanel? Yeah. Yeah. Bones. Bones. She's in Bones. That is she one is attractive Bones. woman. Yeah, she's real good looking. I'm super in love with her. And really? Also, maybe David Boreanaz. <laughs> <laughs> she's just really like Bones. Yeah. Shorty, you're my angel. Um, <laughs> wow. Get it? But Emily Deschanel, to loop it back to the Raimi thing, was in Spider-Man, I think, too. Think you made that up? Nope. I think you're right. Look it up. It's in the know. thing. Who? She's she played the uh, the snotty receptionist when Peter delivers the pizza. Oh my god! You and he comes out of the closet. Movies. <laughs> Steve Maybe has this amazing recall of the most random facts. It's great. It's my gift, <laughs> my curse. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I I'd, I'd marry Emily Blunt because she's she's hot and she's got that British thing going on. What it's, is an Emily Blunt? Emily Blunt is in The Wolfman. Nope. Opposite Benicio del Toro. I thought that was an Anthony Hopkins flick. Bd Toro, he's in that okay. too. I don't know anything else about it. Emily Blunt. Um, what else is she in? She's in Devil Wears Prada. No, that movie's good. Yeah. What the fuck? Is she, she was in? like the mean assistant. Yeah. The second assistant. I don't remember what she looks like. The first assistant. The mean assistant who, if once you get past her Sexy rough mean. demeanor, yeah. Heart <laughs> of gold. Heart of gold. Uh-huh. Heart of gold buried in that in that cold <laughs> outside. So yeah, I would marry Blunt. Um, Boff, Katy Perry. I don't know. I like how this, went, like, it just went straight up misogynistic now. Now oh, we're yeah. just like women. It's just off the, <laughs> it's off the charts. <laughs> All right, that's as far as I'm going to get, Fabian. Um, Bo says, Adam Sandler, Jim Carrey, and Mike Myers. Going all 90s comedy with this one. Mary, Adam Sandler, boff Jim Carrey, kill the other whatever. 
Mike Myers. Yeah, that's the one. No dice. I'm gonna yeah. marry Jim Carrey because mainly Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Oh, I take he's it got back. he's hey, got yeah. range. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like okay. sure, he was Ace Ventura. That was all fine and good in its day, but uh, I like like Eternal Sunshine was amazing. I really love Billy Madison though. Oh, and a Happy so Gilmore funny. also very good. I would I would marry Carrie because of Ace Ventura Two. <laughs> it's one of the yeah. funniest fucking movies I've ever seen in my life. Uh, I don't know what it was. I was well, I was probably gonna... like I was twelve yeah. watching that movie, mm-hmm. and I was it was the most I've ever laughed in my entire life. I was crying in the theater. Yeah, that was also probably the loneliness. I think <laughs> I think I'm gonna boff Mike I was Myers. Alone, wasn't I? <laughs> I'm gonna boff Mike Myers because really? I think I've seen Wayne's World more than any other film in existence. Okay. Wayne's World is okay. That's fine, but uh, every time Wayne's World comes up, I don't know why this is the scene my brain diverts to. But it's when the collie comes in and starts barking. And he's like, "Oh, Timmy's in the well. Oh, Wayne's outside. Thanks, girl." <laughs> <laughs> like, you see, on. that's the same sort of appeal, though. I, I watched it when I was probably like twelve years old. The same mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, it would have been twelve. It was like ninety-four, right? I'm an old man. Ninety-two. I, think. I was six. <laughs> <laughs> So I was in the 10 to 12 range, and it, it had just had an impact on me. I watched it a lot. Enjoyed yeah, it. That's great. Damn Austin it. Powers 2 was good. Damn, these guys do have a really good track record. They do. But they're not, all not really so much a really edge. good one, and then a really, really There's bad a lot. one. Everyone has some terrible ones. Like, I think Adam Sandler has some of the worst offenses yeah. as that of late, where he plays his sister. Yeah. It's like all three of them have their own VH1 behind the music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where they're riding high, and then suddenly they succumb <laughs> to something. To just awful fucking movies. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I'm going to marry Jim Carrey, uh, Boff, Adam Sandler, and Kill Mike Myers. Just because I love Wayne's World. Wayne's World 1 is a fantastic freaking movie, but there's just not enough Yeah, not enough there. Everything after that is just really bad. Like, I didn't even like the Austin Powers movies, to be You're honest. You're a dream weaver. <laughs> Sorry. I also All had right. the soundtrack to Wayne's World as Dude, a child. Brilliant. Yeah. There's a man in the back today. You listen to a lot of sweet. <laughs> he loves sweet. He's, yes. he's all about the sweets. Yep. The sweet. Sweet. All right, guys. That does it wow. for our MBKs. We plowed through them. Yep. And if you have any more questions and you'd like to have them answered, go ahead and send them to us at IGN at Unlocked. Nope. Or wait. Nope. <laughs> Unlocked, dot I, <laughs> Unlocked at IGN.com. How, how many podcasts has it been? Like 25 that I've been doing? Yeah. And... I'm just now fucking that up. <laughs> Remember to keep your questions short and sweet so we can try to get to them on the podcast. Conversely, you can hit us up on Twitter at Unlocked, at P. Eichmans, at Mitchie D, at IGN, and myself at Steven underscore Hopper. And our meta achievement is... Mitch, we're going to throw this one your way. I already said, man, best 90s rabbit. Best 90s. Yeah, tell us what you think the best rabbit of the 90s is. <laughs> now, does this have to be a rabbit that was created in the 90s? Because I don't think Bucky had a O'Hare prominent was. present prominent in present. the 90s. When did uh, Donnie Darko come out? Ooh, Donnie Darko was, was like 2001. Yeah. It, was, it was definitely this. Oh, man. Good rabbit. Yeah, it was a great rabbit. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that is worth how many, how many uh, Chivo points there, Mitch? Ten. Ten. We'll go with ten. Okay. That's a good number. All right. Because yeah. we enough. already gave you two. It's an easy one. <laughs> <laughs> we did. Best 90s Three. rabbit. 10 points go. All right, guys, that does it for the podcast. Thank you, Locksmiths. Welcome aboard, Mitch. Yeah. And uh, thank you so much for listening to us, and we will catch you next time. Bloop, bloop.